The JMF Advisors Show is a podcast for business owners, C-suite executives, and entrepreneurs who are looking to build, grow, or even exit a business. We bring in some of our best financial advisors to interview experts on business best practices, hot topics, and sprinkle in some tax and accounting help. If you're a business owner, startup founder, CFO, or just starting your side hustle, this podcast is for you. Welcome to the another edition of the JMF Advisor Show. I'm Christy Moore, along with my colleague, Lauren Roberts. Hi, Christy. Thank you for joining today. Mm-hmm. We've got a topic for you today that I think will be um, very helpful for a lot of small business owners or self-employed people that may be looking to get started or looking to do a better job on record keeping. Yes. Um, so we want to give some information that will help you out. Um, we're covering today the income tax requirements and reporting for self-employed individuals, um, typically on a Schedule C, if you've received a 1099 NEC to report um, non-employee compensation or independent contract work, a lot of times you'll need to report that on the Schedule C. So we've got a lot of self-employed clients and people starting businesses or doing side work, and we're going to give some advice on things that that you can do to make your life and your accountant's life easier. Um, If you've got a small venture that's not very complex, you're kind of just getting started a side gig or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, just doing something on the side, you've got a eight to five, but you um, just starting out something small and it's it's not grown into anything big yet. Some of these topics may not be for you, but it's a good idea to keep them front of mind should they become um, a larger venture in the future. And that's what we hope for you. Um, So typically self-employed people, you have several options about how you operate your business. Um, Just as an individual, like I said, if you're smaller and um, not not looking to formalize it just yet, Typically, we refer to those as sole proprietors mm-hmm. or self-employed individuals. And then some people choose to form an LLC, and that provides you know, a level of liability protection. An attorney can advise you on whether they see that being a good idea mm-hmm. or not. Um, Lauren had a good example when we were preparing. Yes, yeah, sometimes you, know, you have your day job, but sometimes you may have other talents where you um, give lessons on the side or something like that. And say you're giving painting or music lessons, there may not be a lot of liability. I guess someone could sue you if they don't think they're Picasso level or something, but that's not likely. But if you're doing something physical, like you're a physical trainer on the side or something where somebody could get injured, you would want that liability protection. That's right. So again, talk to your attorney, see if that's a good idea. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with with forming an entity or choosing not to, there are some other things to consider. Um, Yes. So if you're going to remain a An individual, which you can function as a sole proprietor, is what they call it, or you form a single member LLC, you want to get an EIN. And you can easily get this, which is an employer identification number from the IRS.gov website. Um, If you're not going to form an entity like an LLC, you'll be a sole proprietor, and or you can do as a single member LLC. And it's really easy. You just go through the steps, and it gives you an EIN at the end of it, and you're good to go. And you need the EIN if you want to open a bank account or if you want to have payroll. That's right. You need both. That's right. Well, and like we talked about, you know, if if somebody's going to issue a 1099 to you, um, you may not want to give them your social security number. So right. having that tax ID mm-hmm. number would be yeah, helpful. Yeah, it's in not that case. good to give your social security number out. So that is nice to have an EIN, which is a little bit more protection for That's you. right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Christy, so you are heavily involved in our client service department overlooking 
that department. So we have a ton of bookkeeping clients. And what do you usually um, advise them to get to help them track their income and expenses? Well, there are several different mechanisms for tracking. You know, as you've seen, um, there are some simple methods. And then as you grow into a larger business, there's a little bit more um, detail needed, mm -hmm. um, you know, depending on your level of um, activity, there may be some different information that your accountant needs. So um, there'll be some options that we provide to you that are a little bit more costly, but they mm -hmm. are, um, do provide better information. So one of the easiest options, we say easy, is an Excel spreadsheet. So um, there are options for downloading transactions from your bank account. Yes. Um, and you can summarize those by category. We'll talk about some of those expense categories coming up. But um, an Excel spreadsheet is one simple and cost-effective way mm -hmm. to, to keep up with your transactions. I always say it's a good idea to keep up with it throughout the year. Don't wait till the end of the year. Oh, no, it's tax time. Let me mm -hmm. do a year's worth of transactions at once because you may not remember in February 2023 what you did in January 2022. Yes. So um, it's a good idea to stay on top of it. Um, so Excel is one option um, that you could summarize by category like mm -hmm. we talked about. QuickBooks um, is a common option that a lot of people um, have heard of. You know, you see it advertised on TV mm -hmm. and your friends probably use it. There are apps on your phone for something as simple as their self-employed version. Um, and then there are desktop applications and there's online um, more advanced mm -hmm. subscriptions. And what, what's the cost, general cost of QuickBooks? Okay. I know they have, you know, they're the best in the business. That's so right. there's a, quite a bit of a cost sometimes. Yeah, that's right. There, um, and that's a loaded question because it depends. It depends on what you're looking for. So that um, the most cost-effective cost um, option for QuickBooks online is that self-employed version mm -hmm. that I mentioned. And it's roughly $15 a month right now. Mm -hmm. And then um, as you get into needing a little bit more advanced level things, that QuickBooks Online, well, we can talk a minute and about some of the, the differences in those. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, as you graduate, um, the monthly subscription costs can run anywhere from 30 to $85 right. mm -hmm. for those online versions of QuickBooks. So the main differences are that self-employed version will allow you to sync a bank account, which mm -hmm. all of the online versions do. Um, and but it doesn't let you have a balance sheet, right? That's which is right. part of the difference between a Schedule C and filing a business return is you don't have to have a balance sheet, which if, if you don't know what that is, which is your assets, liabilities, and equity. So you don't, you can't really um, track those things, like if you have assets and that sort of thing. But it is kind of limited. That's right. And then they all have mileage tracking. That's right. Um, and so once you sync your bank account with any of those versions of online, um, you'll categorize transactions. You know, if you mm -hmm. want to track um, multiple different types of income or mm -hmm. classes, that's when you would get into those more advanced um, subscriptions, mm -hmm. which, of course, is more advanced cost. Right. But, um, exactly. But you're able to review the transactions that cleared your bank account. Typically, mm -hmm. if it's you've got a separate bank account, um, you would sync it to that mm -hmm. or and or a credit card that you have that's, right. you know, business specific typically is the best idea. Um, so you'll categorize those transactions based on mm -hmm. some of the discussions we'll have in a minute. Um, and it's super important to link it to a bank account or your credit card because you're not missing transactions. That's you right. know, they come directly. Everything that went in and out of your, those accounts 
or accounted for, which is a problem when you're a person that waits till the end of the year. That's right. And you haven't kept up with it. Although it is, if you're doing Excel, a lot of bank accounts and credit card companies now let you download those transactions mm -hmm. to it's not Excel. It's usually a CSV file, That's right. um, which you can easily convert to Excel. So it is nice. So occasionally we get those clients that they haven't started doing anything. So I'm like, <laughs> log into your bank Start account, yeah. and it's usually a down arrow. And sometimes they won't let you get a whole year. Sometimes it's 90 days worth, and you have to get a few files. But it is really important to make sure you capture all of your deductions and income and that sort of thing. We don't want to miss deductions. That's right. That's why we always say reconciling is your best friend. Yes. Um, in accounting, um, we reconcile everything. Yes. But we especially want, if you're managing your own record keeping, for mm -hmm. you to reconcile from the um, bank balance. And that, you know, is another way you can ensure that you've not missed any transactions. Yes, very important. That's right. Mm -hmm. So there's also a desktop version of QuickBooks mm -hmm. and that would probably be what we call the legacy yes. version. And, and that's um, changed a lot lately. So changed. we should probably touch on yeah. that because it's okay. no longer as sweet as it used to be, right? <laughs> that's right, that's right. I mean, You used to write when, it out three years? Yes. And now yes. It it's is. a one year annual subscription. Yeah. So I think it was starting and last what's the year. the price tag on Yeah. So the, um, I think the most basic version is $550 a year Annually. for the desktop. Ouch. And does that include payroll? It doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, so if you have payroll to run, mm -hmm. you've um, got another subscription cost for that, mm -hmm. for the payroll subscription. And there's different levels of that depending on what you choose to do for yourself versus um, have them do on your behalf. Same thing with the online, the um, subscription costs I gave you earlier mm -hmm. are without payroll. Mm -hmm. And so you add an additional mm -hmm. payroll subscription. Again, they've got right. different tiers of the payroll subscription where you can choose to run payroll yourself and have them do yeah. the taxes or yeah, now um, all kinds of... They can do quite of, a bit, yeah, quite a level They offer of it, a, for sure. a, a lot of um, options and... Um, Probably one of the most important things when we talk about record keeping is making sure you have good records. Mm -hmm. And so um, that QuickBooks file is not going to be sufficient when IRS comes right. to visit. Or what about and we hope they don't come to visit, but it sh if they do, um, we need more than just the transaction level amounts, right. dates. So not, what about the credit card statement with the that's not enough. Office Depot <laughs> charges? That's no, not enough? technically you're supposed to have... Yeah. Um, detailed receipts yes and so you know you're free to throw those in a file or a box or something right. a little more organized might right. be helpful but um there's ways to um, organize those mm -hmm. um, electronically but and in even some i way, think some quickbooks i don't know that online offers it but desktop you can scan it in and link it you to can that attach it that's right but to me that's a lot of work it is yeah <laughs> i would um, at least do a shoe box or something right. you know that's right time yeah. value sort of thing but <laughs> if you get audited you don't want if all you have is the credit card statement in your bank transactions they may not accept that they and i not. think we even saw a court case recently where they did not so it's important to keep the itemized receipts and that would be unfortunate Oh my goodness! Because they won't yeah. they, they won't throw out that income, but but they yeah, might throw, throw out, out that yeah. those expenses, Ouch. and that that would be very costly. Mm -hmm. Anything exactly. else to cover in QuickBooks area? Um, I don't think so. I think. And we when are we good. say QuickBooks, it doesn't have to be QuickBooks. I yeah. mean, there are others out there um, that are growing in popularity. You know, yes. I mean, there are some that are um, industry specific softwares mm -hmm. that um, have really ramped up their accounting programs and. Um, some that will integrate with your um, point of sale mm -hmm. system or, you know, whatever. Inventory and that sort of thing. That's right. Mm -hmm. So um, 
QuickBooks is not the end-all be-all. Um, yes, and so. there's been few, but I think, you know, QuickBooks is such a good product, and they've really hiked their prices because they, they know they can. I think that's <laughs> allowing opportunity for, you know, other for software to come up. That's so. exactly right. Yeah. We may move towards something in the future, but for right now, QuickBooks is definitely yeah. really it good It is user-friendly. That's right. Mm-hmm. Well, next we want to talk about um, the income and um, expense reporting. Yes on the Schedule C. Yes. Tell us a little more about that, Lauren. Okay, so now mainly um, income-wise, usually you'll get issued a 1099 NEC for non-employee compensation. And that's not always. If you're not issued a 1099 NEC and you get paid for something, you all you always pick up all your income. And you'll notice a lot of people don't follow the 1099 rules like they should. That's true. So if you're getting paid $600 or more um, for services, they should really be issuing you a 1099, but they may not. And to get that 1099 information, um, you need to fill out a W-9 for them. So that they ask you to fill it out and you'll put your name and your EIN or social security number, but hopefully you've gotten an EIN, and your address and then what type of entity you are. So as a Schedule C, you're gonna you're one of the entities that gets a 1099. If you're a corporation or S corporation, they don't have to issue it. That's a totally different business entity. But if you're at Schedule C, you get a 1099. Right. And those those very organized um, customers of yours will ask for that W-9 up front before yes. they issue a payment. So you can expect a 1099 yes. and don't, to come. don't be alarmed by the W-9. Right. They really need that information to do the right thing and That's issue right. a 1099. That's right. Yes. Um, so then we'll get into expenses, yes. which is a loaded question. Tell us all about yes. expenses that we can deduct on our schedule. Yes, C. we're always asked. So the general rule is always ordinary necessary. So really any business-related expense, for the most part, we'll cover a few that are a little different, um, you can deduct. So oftentimes I just love the Schedule C because it actually has some expense types that right. you would report. Mm -hmm. And same thing for our tax organizer. It looks kind of similar to a Schedule C. That's right. And you can see a Schedule C on the screen yes. for so, reference. We'll look at it. So, of course, it has the income section. And then expenses, you know, there's advertising. There's your car and truck expenses, office expenses, supplies, rent, that sort of thing. Those are the general types. Um, don't you just love a client that lists $35,000 as their business expenses? That's it. <laughs> yes. Here's my <laughs> yes. total expenses. The IRS isn't going <laughs> to love um, it to be listed, and that, that might be a red flag them, for them to you know, audit you or something, you should definitely categorize your expenses and That's report. Right. And now, just because you don't see your expense type on page two, there's a section for other deductions. So you have other deductions that don't fit in one of these boxes. That's totally fine. As long as they're business related and they're ordinary and necessary. Right. That may be special to your industry or, mm -hmm. or something like that. And don't forget, you know, things like maybe you're not running for your business, but you your cell phone, you know, mm -hmm. you want to be, deduct those expenses. So look at anything also you might be paying personally that is really a business expense you could be deducting. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the auto rules. So with, there are lots of those. Aren't yes. <laughs> well, there you you have options there. You can take the standard mileage rate, mm -hmm. which is 65 and a half cents per mile Currently. or you can take mm -hmm. actual yes 65 <laughs> this is going to change and it changed last year we had two different that's rates. right um with the gas prices i guess they thought we need to give a little something more that's so, right. so yes so you do have to think about strategize if it's your first year and you place a vehicle in service you can take 
accelerated depreciation through bonus or 179, which gives you this really nice deduction. But if you do that in the first year, you are stuck with that vehicle using the actual deductions. That's right. What all does that include? Um, so you can deduct things like, you know, your gas, mm -hmm. your oil changes, your tire repair, any sort of repair, mm -hmm. um, depreciation, that sort of thing. And so also the standard rate is considered to cover those expenses. So that's why you can't do actual and take that big depreciation and then switch to mileage because mileage coverage covers depreciation. It's best to choose one yeah, of the so other. So it's like double dipping. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. right. Um, but what's not covered is interest. So if you have a car loan, the interest is not deducted. Mm -hmm. It's not included in that. You can deduct it. Okay. Sorry, not included in that. And the taxes on it, like your car tag taxes, is not included. So there's several things um, that are not included. But you can only take your business mileage. And you need a log. That's right. So the IRS. They want to see a log if they yes. come to visit, right? Mm -hmm. Tell us and about that log. So you need to have, um, you know, your destination, dates, times, and business purpose, that sort of thing, number of miles. And it's really good to have software to help keep up with that. Yeah. So um, QuickBooks does that. And also you can get like a third-party app. You That's know, right. you can open it up and say, I'm heading to this client right. to do this and mm -hmm. log it and then log it back. Right. So when you report those miles on your tax return for the end of the year, you say, I had this many business miles that mm -hmm. you've obtained from your log. And then you give the total miles you drove all year. Mm -hmm. So, And we can look at, you know, what's more beneficial, you know, taking, right, which the mileage rate or taking actual. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, usually I generally like to go with the mileage rate. It's easier. It is. Seems more simple to track mm -hmm. and, and it's a good benefit. You know, yes. it's not, it's, it's usually a substantial amount. Yes. And one other thing that's always confusing to people, commuting, not deductible. That's right. So if you are, if you have an office outside of your home, from home to office, that's commuting, that's always personal. But from office to client, that's definitely business. You what about have that. a home office? Hey, that's where, <laughs> that's where it gets good. If you, if you have a home office, that's your home office base. So any, anywhere outside of that to your client, or, you know, getting supplies for the business, that sort of thing, is, it counts as business expense. Nice. Exactly. So, Christy, tell me about the meals deduction. So, I'm self-employed. Can I go get sushi every day for lunch and deduct it? <laughs> well, you can have sushi for lunch every day if you'd yeah. like. However, if you're going alone or if you're going with a friend mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't have a business purpose, it's not deductible for business. <laughs> yeah. And prior to 2023, um, Meals that were at a restaurant for mm -hmm. business purpose were 100% deductible. Yes. But the um, rule goes back to just 50% beginning in 2023. Yes. So we're in 50% now, but that right. was really nice for 2021. It was for a couple of years. Yeah. It was. And yeah. I think that was COVID related to get people back out to restaurants That's and that right. sort of thing. And um, so just got to make sure we have a business purpose. And I think you probably read in that court case that that's one of the things that needs to be documented is yeah. your is the business purpose of that meal mm -hmm. when you choose to take it um, as yeah. a 50 percent. So deduction. I would keep that receipt and just, you know, write, you know, yeah. what was who I was with, what we discussed. Mm -hmm. um, that was business. Right. And that sort of thing. That's right. Um, and then what about entertainment? Oh, that got axed, didn't it? It did. <laughs> Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. No more fun. No more fun. No <laughs> entertainment. That's that used to be, it used to be meals and entertainment right. was 50%. And that's, 
you know, one of those things that's special that it's 50%, and that's why we're always asking about it because mm-hmm. it's not 100% deduction. Um, so entertainment got knocked down all the, all the way to zero. Right. Um, now, meals, if, if you're traveling on the road, you know, mm-hmm. say, you know, you're on a business trip, those meals while you're traveling away from home because you don't have the ability to. Yes, that's right. So home. if you go out by yourself, that's you, right. that, you can deduct that while that's you're right. traveling away from mm-hmm. home. And you can also do per diem for meals um, where if you don't want to track it, but, you know, you are on a business related trip out of town you can take the meals per diem rate, mm-hmm. but you can't take lodging. That's one of the interesting things is when you're self-employed, you always have to take actual expense That's right. for lodging. Right. So it, rather than using the federal per diem for mm-hmm. lodging, you would only use it for meals and then deduct your hotel or airline costs separately. Mm-hmm. Those are still business deductions, right. just not part of the per diem. Right. That's right. Exactly. So back to the entertainment and the meals, how you give us an example of one where you could maybe take advantage of some deduction if, if not all. I see a lot of Top Golf. Top Golf is really fun. Yeah, it's in Birmingham. Fun. Um so Top Golf is entertainment, but they serve food and drinks. So, you know, that's still deductible fifty percent. So you need to have your invoice where it shows, you know, the cost for the Top Golf and then, you know, the cost for the meals. Broken down. So you can that's still right. take fifty percent for the meals, but the top golf is zero percent. Same for like football games and things like that. Um tickets to concerts and sort of thing. Yeah. Um, zero. However, yeah. if there's a meal involved or something, you can t- still take half of that. That's right. So keep up with it, right? Mm-hmm. And the business purpose, the yes. client you're taking. Yes. That's still right. document. That's right. Um, so next, tell us about a home office deduction. The home office deduction is, so when you're self-employed, you can take it. Unfortunately, if you're an employee now, there's no home office deduction on a federal return because right. um, there's no longer employee business expense. But when you're self-employed, you can deduct it. I love the simplified method because it's $5 per square foot and you don't have to break anything out. And so a regular home office deduction is you get to do your business, you know, whatever your square foot of your office compared to your home, whatever that percentage is, you get to deduct like utilities, mortgage interest, real estate taxes, but you're also supposed to depreciate. And we all know an issue with depreciation is you can always re- have to recapture it if you sell it and have a gain. You That's have right. to pick it up in income because they've let you deduct it. So I'm I'm not very keen on depreciating a home and having to recapture it because I think you've seen where, we've probably both seen where it's not fun if you do have to recapture it That's and right. it's taxable. Because most of the time you can exclude the gain from the sale of your home. Right. Mm-hmm. But if you've depreciated it, that's and if you're unfortunate. I- yeah, able to itemize. You can already deduct real estate taxes and your mortgage interest. So That's right. So it's not too much extra benefit. I try to s- stick to the simplified um, deduction. I share that sentiment, mm-hmm. yes. But you have both options. That's you know. right. That's right. Some people We look at both. Insist, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We can always look and see which is yes. makes more sense. And, and with your long-term plan for your home. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to go off track, aren't we? <laughs> so well, we're talking about some schedule, some business expenses that don't get reported on that Schedule C form. Yes, and these are some of the biggies, some really nice ones you they, can have. They can um, really be beneficial. And these are reported on Schedule 1, which is right behind the 1040, and they're not on the business schedule at all. But they are business-related, and you get to deduct them. Mm-hmm. Do you want to kick us off on Sure. Those? So we've got first got self-employed health insurance deduction. Mm-hmm. And so um, if that is if you are paying for you or your family's health insurance, um, but neither you or your spouse are eligible to be covered by an employer plan. Isn't that right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think if, you know, the employer 
plan is a group plan and there's benefits there and that sort of thing. They don't, if you can be a part of that, they want you to do that instead of getting like a unsubsidized plan. That's right. Um, but there. if you are able, you know, or mm -hmm. not able, don't have that option and you pay for health insurance out of your pocket, mm -hmm. then um, that is a nice benefit on mm -hmm. your tax return. Um, and then talk to us about some of the retirement plan options because those, those yeah. can be beneficial as well. Those are. Now you have to put the money in the plan. You have to have the money to do it, but it is nice deductions. Generally, if you're self-employed and you're not going to have any other employees, we generally recommend a SEP IRA, which is a special self-employed plan and it allows you to sock away up to 25% of your net profit from your your business and that's a lot that that can be a, yes. a nice and amount the max for those amount who... it does get maxed out the max is really large amount is $66,000 we really don't see that sort of amount on right. any other retirement we plan don't. that's right so if you're retirement minded you know that's a great way to reduce your taxes it is um tax you know, you get a deduction for it, and then when you take it out in retirement, you do have to pay taxes on it. That's right. But it can be a big deduction. It's above the line. It's not subject to anything else. It's just a deduction, which yeah, is great. That is nice. If you have employees, you can do a simple plan. Um, so right now, this changes annually, and same for the SEP. The max is 15500 that you can put into it, and then it's $3,500 if you're 50 or over to catch up. And then you also, because you're... An employer, you have to do a match, which generally most people do a 3% match on those yeah. who participate, which isn't bad. Yeah, which is and a nice benefit to your employees, too, mm -hmm. if you have exactly. um, employees. You want to encourage them. That's right. Now, there's there's also solo 401ks and Roth 401ks, but we, I'm not going to go into those a lot. They are an option, but we really don't see many people do them. But yeah. you can do them, and yeah. we can discuss it if you're interested. That's right. There are options. And then the last one that's another um, deduction related to self-employed people, but not on the Schedule C, is the self-employment tax, half mm -hmm. of the self-employment tax deduction. So mm -hmm. that's another item that um, most softwares handle, but it goes on that Schedule 1 as a um, deduction, and it's half of whatever the self-employment mm -hmm. tax calculates out to be. Right. We'll talk about that. Yeah, pretty tax here in just a minute. Yes, yes. Um, so that'll lead right into talking about taxes. So we've talked about the income that you've got to report and the deductions that are available to be deducted on that Schedule C or um, elsewhere on the tax return. What are the tax implications once you get down to that bottom line mm -hmm. taxable income? So it is nice with a Schedule C, you know, you have your income and you get to take all the, you know, appropriate deductions against that. But once you have a net profit amount, um, the taxation is it's going to be a shock. So, like, the first time you're, you're filing a year, um, you're going to be surprised because you have to pay income taxes, and on top of that, you have to pay self-employment tax, which is those FICA taxes consist of Social Security and Medicare. Mm -hmm. Now, when you're an employee, you get your pay stub, and you see they take out one half of your Social Security and Medicare amount, and your employer pays the other half. That's right. But now you're... Both, You're both your employee <laughs> and your employer, and they're going to tax the full amount, which is 15.3%. And then you also have to pay income tax. So even when I see somebody with minimal income or somebody young starting out, you want to sock away about 20% when you're even in a lower income That's bracket. Right. And so, you know, if you're doing really well, you can need to do like, you know, 40, getting close to 50%. To, that's right. I mean, it can really add up if you're in a top tier bracket. And you need to plan for it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, 
kind of like preparing records wise, you better mm -hmm. put back some cash. Yes. If you see that you're making profits. There is a social security cap though, which I don't know off the top of my head now. I it's, don't for this year. It's a little either. above one fifty one hundred and fifty thousand yeah. dollars. You don't have to pay in that six point two percent, which is twelve point four for both halves. Um so that does help once that you does. get higher. That but does. it it's a lot for sure. Yeah. Um one what, more thing, yeah. yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, the qualified business income deduction is another thing we have that is... That will help. Yes, it, yeah. it helps a lot. It's also not on Schedule C. It goes on, it's calculated on a different form, the 8995, and then it's a deduction on the 1040. So it's a 20% deduction, which is really nice. Right. Now, if you have these biggies the, um, that are not on Schedule C, you have the SE Health, Retirement, and the HALF. It's going to reduce, you have to back that out before you get the 20% deduction. But it's a nice deduction. Sure. And if you're a SSTB, which is a specified service trade or business, those get limited if you're doing, if you're really profitable. That's right. There, there are some different limits to look at. As with most facets of the tax law, we've right. always got um, things that we need to mm -hmm. be aware of different limits and things like that yes. but that can be a very beneficial deduction and i remember one more thing oh what's that we forgot to mention okay when you pay yourself that is not a deduction it is not it's personal distribution so you cannot count that don't count that in your expenses at all That's if you right. take money out to pay yourself you're you're always taxed on that net profit whether you leave the money in or out but if you're taking money out it's not a deduction that's right if you have employees you can deduct those wages right exactly but if you're taking money out as your own what you may consider payroll mm -hmm. um, it's really a distribution that doesn't yes. get deducted by a self-employed schedule c mm -hmm. um, income earner yes so can you think of anything else we missed today i think that's it just you know it's important to document it's you know, keep up with it. That's right. If you don't, you can always download your transactions, but only if you have, you know, a separate bank account and that sort of thing. That's right. The The neater you can be with your record keeping and even, yes. you know, your spending, you know, mm -hmm. like you said, tracking it all in one bank account or on one credit card, that's always helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and that way you don't have to go digging through all your personal yes. things um, to gather that information. But um, consult a tax advisor early. Um, and often if you need to, but yes. um, they can help with some things that are um, specific to you or um, your line of business. And um, we're always glad to help if anybody needs um, help in that area. Yes. And thanks for joining, Lauren. Yes, thanks. Very, very helpful information. We look forward to hearing from you guys. If you have any podcast um, topic recommendations or have any questions about today's subject, um, you can email info at jmf.com. See you next time. If you would like us to help your business or would like to suggest additional podcast topics, simply send an email to info at jmf.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on YouTube and your favorite audio podcast apps.